Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Canada needs new fighter jets. This has been true for a very long time. I mean, it was probably true 20 years ago when we made the decision to upgrade, to make some improvements to our existing fleet of CF-18s to keep them flying. You would have thought now 20 years later, we would have had this all sorted out. In 2010, the Harper government was close to purchasing 65 F-35s. We almost had new fighter jets uh, in 2010. That went sideways. It was left to the new liberal government in 2015 uh, to take on. The liberals had vowed, in fact, that they were not going to purchase the F-35s. They were going to hold an open competition, an open competition that ended up including the F-35s. Fast forward to this week. Here we are six years after the liberals were elected. Canada has told Boeing that its contender for this fighter jet contract do not meet our required standards. So that means the F-18 Super Hornet is out, comes down to the F-35, or a fighter jet made by Saab based out of Sweden. Sweden is not a NATO member, or of course a NORAD member. And so it seems likely that 11 years after we were close to purchasing F-35s, that we're going to end up purchasing F-35s anyway. So what a, a debacle this has all become. Uh, certainly our next guest has been watching all of this with much frustration. Richard Shamuka is a senior fellow at the McDonald laurier Institute, mcdonaldlaurier.ca. Richard, thank you so much for joining us here on the Roy Green program. Thanks for joining us here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I mean, I don't know if I need to be here anymore. You've done a great synopsis of uh, of where we're at today. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I get the procurement is not easy, and, and other countries probably have their own challenges, but whether it's fighter jets or helicopters, whatever, Richard, I mean, we just seem really bad at this. It's, I would probably characterize it as the worst uh, Canadian procurement, uh, military procurement that we've ever done. Like, it's, it's utterly shocking that we're at this age. To give a bit of, like, context, uh, Finland is next week, I believe, about to announce the result of their next-generation fighter competition. It took them four years. It took Switzerland about four years. It took Belgium about five years. Most countries do it in under five years. This stage, if we look at, like, the, the proper assessment start for a next-generation fighter, uh, Canada started around 2009. So we're at 12. Uh, it could drag on for maybe another half year at this stage. So, and and we've had three, if not four, assessments, depending on how you kind of calculate things out at this stage. And they basically all say that we should buy the F thirty five. So, I mean, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty sad kind of indictment of our of our current uh, procurement system. What well, is? I mean, even if we go back to 2000, and I mean, even by that point, it was obvious the CF-18s were aging. So what we did at the time, I think, was just to, you know, make improvements to ensure that they could keep flying. But I mean, even in the year 2000, right, 20 years ago, we kind of knew that we're going to need new fighter jets here. Yeah. And, and I mean, at that time, there wasn't really a replacement on the board, uh, because partly because of what happened in the United States they kind of delayed their own sort of replacement programs and a lot of other countries were waiting for that and that would eventually become the F-35 um, because uh, the United States is the largest um, 
Western uh, airplane manufacturer, right, for fighters and whatnot. And so they kind of they kind of dominate the market, if that makes sense. And especially for Canada, because of our you know our geo strategic position just north of the United States and and us being part of NORAD, it really puts a lot of pressure on us to look at what the Americans are doing and sort of follow their lead, if that makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of cost involved keeping us integrated, you know, in a common defense kind of organization, NORAD, and in, in a posture. And, and so in going with American often makes the most sense. Okay, so 2010, it, it seemed as though the government had landed on the F-35. And so obviously it was, it was still five years before the Liberals took power and took a much different direction. Talk a bit about what delayed that, that decision then, some of the concerns that arose about the F-35 and whether, whether those concerns had any uh, validity to them. Absolutely. So in 2010 wasn't a great year for the what's called the Joint Strike Fighter Program, which the F-35 is basically the, the core part of. And there was a significant cost increase. There was uh, questions about when they were actually going to deliver fighters. And there was a lot of cost escalation in that specific time frame. From around 2010 to 2015, there was a fair bit of uncertainty with the program. And in Canada, that kind of got reflected in two reports. One was done by the Office of the Auditor General, the OAG, and the other one was by... And in both cases, they produced reports that suggested that the cost that D&D was... Uh, sorry, Department of National Defense in Canada was under uh, were kind of hiding some of the costs, and also that the cost would be much much greater than they had anticipated. Um, those were not the most accurate. Uh, if you look at this, particularly the parliamentary budget officer, they started they tried using some sort of way to estimate the cost in the future, and and they estimated a cost that was l- probably three to four times greater than what the, uh, National Defense had had sort of identified. And since then, now we're, you know, we're almost nine years in the, uh, since then, though what the parliamentary budget officer predicted never came to pass. So the cost is pretty much around within 10% of what Department of National Defense had suggested way back in 2010. So that's, but we didn't know that at the time, right? And so in 2012, uh, the Harper government did what was called the reset, and they set up a whole new committee structure and whatnot to reassess you know what was what would be our next next generation next generation fighter? Go over the numbers. They brought in PricewaterhouseCoopers to take a look at the numbers. Based on that, two years later, they came right back and said, "Well, you should buy the F-35." And the Harper government actually almost did it. They they were on the verge of buying four fighters until it got leaked in the United States, and they just shelved it until after the election in 2015. But as we know, they lost that election. Yeah, it, it became politicized, and, and I think the Liberals kind of portrayed this as, you know, these are Harper's jets, and we're not going to buy Harper's jets, we're going to buy some different jets, which seemed likely to be the Boeing Super Hornets. Now, I, maybe you can tell about what's transpired since then. I know there was a Bombardier Boeing situation, maybe that's affected the government's view, but how did we go from, it's not going to be the F-35s, it'll be Boeing Super Hornets, to now Boeing's out, and it's probably going to be the F-35s after all? I'll try to do this short because I could pass out a lot of information. Because <laughs> yes, probably. So, uh, obviously, obviously the, the, um, the Trudeau government, they go and say, well, we're going to buy a, uh, a more affordable aircraft that was more appropriate to Canada's needs or something thereabouts, right? Um, I mean, they, the government had just done an assessment that said, no, this F-35 is the cheapest aircraft 
most capable. Uh, the industrial benefit side were particularly appealing to Canada because we would get a large amount of contracts, or Canada could get a large amount of contracts, which they were already in Canada building parts for the F-35s in the United States and elsewhere. So they need to find a way to get out of this kind of dilemma or this kind of uh, situation they put themselves in. And so they invented, literally invented a capability gap that Canada needed a whole bunch of extra fighters really quickly because we didn't have enough fighters to meet our NORAD and uh, NATO defense commitments, which we've always had this kind of issue. Nobody's really cared. And I mean, since then, we, we have a much worse capability gap because we don't have pilots or maintainers, but that didn't matter. They needed a way to kind of get out of this really ill-conceived election promise. So they decided we're going to sole source 18 uh, Super Hornets from the United States, saying that well, these are good enough, and it was in service, ignoring the fact the F-35 was basically in service in the U.S. anyway. Uh, and because of what you said, as uh, because of what happened with Bombardier, uh, and in addition that they had they had kind of been told that the cost of the Super Hornet was much less, but when they were given the actual cost, because you actually don't buy the aircraft from the manufacturer, you actually buy from the U.S. government who buys from manufacturers. It's a bit of a weird system. Anyway, they got the sticker shock of basically aircraft that were three times, two to three times the cost of what they had expected them to be, and so they immediately put the brakes on that, and that's when we bought secondhand Australian uh, Hornets that they were retiring because they were buying F-35. So we were taking the Australia's old jets in order to meet this fictional capability gap. And then they met their, you know, to, to fill this gap, which they actually didn't really care that much about. And then, then they started their main competition. That was in uh, 2018, I believe. And then they started the main sort of doing the... Um, putting out the request for proposals, uh, I believe, in 2019 for where the actual competition to replace uh, the, the CF-18s that we have now. So, look, first of all, I mean, is there, is there any chance at all? It just seems completely implausible. Is there any chance we end up buying Saab Swedish fighter jets? Uh, I mean, I could quote Dumb and Dumber and say, so you're saying there's a chance, right? <laughs> right. Um I think it's exceedingly unlikely. I think uh, there's so many reasons why. Uh, number one, Canadian industry is really heavily uh, enmeshed with the Joint Strike Fighter program. You would see cancellations of a lot of really lucrative subcontracts that we do in Canada in a lot of key writings, uh, especially in Ontario and British Columbia. Uh, that's a big. That's kind of a reason why. Capability-wise, it's not even close. Like, I mean, that's that's one of the biggest issues uh, between the two is that. The Griffin doesn't meet much or many of the key uh, considerations for the Canadian Royal Canadian Air Force, especially on range, interoperability with the United States on NORAD. We we just we would be spending billions just to we buy these fighters, or I mean, God forbid, build them in places in Canada, which would be horrendously expensive. Uh, we'd basically build a line just to build 88 jets and then shut it down immediately, which would be insanely expensive. Uh, and then we would have to upgrade them to meet, to be able to work in our own defense network across Canada. So, uh, you know, it, this is a cabinet decision. Like, this isn't a decision where there's a process where, you know, the bureaucracy will recommend something and that's the decision. Actually, it has to go to cabinet. Cabinet will make the final decision, right? So there's a chance. But uh, given all these factors, and especially with the need to have Canada's relations kind of 
maintained, so to speak. You know, we, we were looking at the uh, electric vehicle tax credit negotiations last week or two weeks ago with the Three Amigos Summit, stuff like that. I think it's exceedingly unlikely that we will select the Griffin, uh, but, you know, stranger things have happened. I mean, look at this whole file. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.